Dear God, I thank you for taking care of us and watching out for us and looking over us. Even when we're unaware, Lord, you're watching over us, and I thank you for that. Lord, for those that are not able to be with us today because they're ill, under the weather, whatever may be going on in their lives, God, I pray that just because they're absent from this place, they're not absent from your presence. So wherever they're at now, Lord, I pray that they'll encounter your presence and know your presence and they'll understand the Holy Spirit is with them in their place. Lord, I pray for their healing, that you make them whole again. Lord, I think of Sharon Vomaka now and and. Lord, I pray for an abundance of peace in her life, as I know she's struggling with her illness. And, and Lord, I know that it's a difficult one, but I also know that she loves you. And so I just pray, Lord, that you give her an abundance of peace. Lord, for this offering, bless it. Thank you, God, for taking care of us, watching out for our every need. So we praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So as the ushers are coming this morning... We're going to jump into the message. I, uh, we've been talking about encountering his presence, and we've been doing this for seven weeks, I want to say. It's in my notes. What is it like to encounter his presence? Can you think of a time that you encountered his presence? This will be the last week that we talk about this as far as a series goes. It's, it's who we are as a church. It's our vision as a church that we're constantly encountering His presence. But today, as we wrap up this series, I don't want to wrap it up without talking about probably the most important thing that exists for us today so that we can encounter His presence. And that would be the Holy Spirit. So today's title is Trinity, You, and the Church. Now, to recap, three weeks or week one of the series, we talked about three kinds of presence. You might remember there's the essential presence where we know he is everywhere. There's the manifest presence where where magnificently he just shows up and shows off. Sometimes it's in the middle of maybe our lowest point in time or place in life, and he just shows up. That's his his manifest presence. But then we talked about, we've been talking about cultivated presence. How do we cultivate our life in such a way that we can encounter his presence daily? Week two, we talked about, can you expect his presence? Is it possible to expect his presence? Well, the answer simply is yes. You can, but, it, but it's about two things, faith and expectancy. First of all, you have to have faith, and you have to be willing to expect it. We, we, we cultivate his presence by way of, of being saved, conversion, by knowing our capacity to encounter him is there and recognizing it. But whether it's hearing him or experiencing him or responding to him or following him, following him every day. We can expect his presence when life is lived in right context. That's a tough one. It's like what I said earlier, the the breath that we breathe, he gave to us. How do you exchange the breath that he gave you? Do you exchange it for things that are 
godly or things that are not. Week three, we continued to talk about cultivating his presence and 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 nurturing relationship. Don't lose that loving feeling. Just keep it going. Don't stop. Week four, Pastor Doug talked about proximity does not guarantee encounter. Just because you're close to God doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to encounter his presence. You can come to church every week and potentially not encounter his presence. A routine Christian life can get you near him, but unless we turn our thoughts, ears, eyes, and hearts to him, we may not encounter him. Week five, we talked about roadblocks to encountering his presence. New birth, no growth is a roadblock. There's a high cost of sin when it comes to encountering his presence. Sin in our life says it grieves the Holy Spirit. And a grieved Holy Spirit does not spend time with you in the midst of your sin. It's, it's a rejected Holy Spirit at that point. Apathy is another roadblock, lack of interest, enthusiasm, or concern. And then anxiety is not a fruit of the Spirit. Another roadblock to encountering His presence. Week six, last week we talked about to encounter His presence, we must also encounter His love. Truly know His love for you. Encountering His love awakens a love within that leads us to resonate His love to an entire world. For us to be able to share his love, we have to know his love. That brings us to this week. The text this week is found in John 17, verse 22. John 17, 22 in the New Living Translation says this, I pray that you will be one just as you and I are one. This is Jesus praying to his Father. I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. We've been speaking of encountering his presence, but when we talk about encountering his presence and we don't recognize the Holy Spirit, we fall very, very, very short of being able to truly understand his presence. What is the Holy Spirit? Now, I'm not going to spend the next 20, 30 minutes talking and teaching entirely on the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to introduce the Holy Spirit to you today. Some of you know of the Holy Spirit and have encountered uh, maybe baptism in the Holy Spirit. But what is the Holy Spirit? This is more of a lesson today than, and I'm sure I'll preach But the Holy Spirit is one of the three that we know as the Trinity. It's part of the Godhead, but yet all of the Godhead. It's three, it's part and whole. It's probably the most confusing thing I can remember as a child. Dad, what does the Trinity mean? And him trying to explain it to me in my young mind. And I just really could not get it. I really struggled in the understanding of it. And to this day, I think it's going to be one of those things that will be completely revealed to us wholly when we're in in heaven with him. 
There will be no mystery when we're with him. But when we want to encounter God's presence or Jesus' presence, you can't do that absent the Holy Spirit and recognizing the Holy Spirit, how real the Holy Spirit is. In fact, the Holy Spirit is, is the only one of the three that's here and with us now. We'll say God is with us and Jesus is with us, but the fact of the matter is they are with us because of the Holy Spirit. In Scripture, you read that Jesus was the exact imprint of his Father God. So he was all man here on earth, but yet he was still all God. Well, the Holy Spirit is like the two. All three of them are just as much God as the other. Holy Spirit is with us, though. When Jesus died and was resurrected, what did he say he would do? He said, go and wait, for I will send you a helper. The helper being the Holy Spirit. It is important, though, that we understand that absent the Holy Spirit, we cannot encounter his presence. I've been going through this series now for six, seven weeks. And me personally, let me share with you the aha I had this week. I kept talking about encountering his presence, encountering his presence, encountering his presence. But when I really started to focus on the Holy Spirit in my life, all of a sudden, any distance there seemed to be between me and God just came together, where there was no distance any longer. Because as I started to study and understand the Holy Spirit, and I'll get to this in a moment, you'll start to see that the Holy Spirit resides in me. And if the Holy Spirit is all God, then the Holy Spirit in me is also representative of God. I'm not God, but the spirit within me is communing with, is united with God the Father, which means that we are very, very close. We have the opportunity to know his thoughts. There's a scripture that says you don't know the thoughts of man, only his spirit does. And we don't know the thoughts of God, only his spirit does, unless we are a part of that spirit then we know God's thoughts because we can almost, you guys don't, as I said this last week, I think it was, you don't know what I'm thinking right now. Well, probably you do because it's coming out of my mouth. But, but if you want to know what God wants for you, you need to have the spirit within you and upon you. And you will know his thoughts. Are you struggling with anything right now? You've got a big decision to make and you're not sure how to make it? I, I know that in our own personal life, there's, there's questions and things that we're trying to decide, should we do this or should we do that? And then finally, it was like, I don't know. And, and I think God loves it when I get to the I don't know, because when I get to the I don't know, I turn to him and say, what do you think? Are you, are you in that place in your life where you just don't know what to do? So here's what I would encourage you to do. Focus your life on the spirit that lives within you. Not, the, not your personal spirit, but the Holy Spirit, the one that comes from the Lord. Seek the spirit. When I talked about third Tuesday prayer at 630, that's what it's about. It's coming out and corporately coming together and praying and support, supporting one another. But revelation starts to come from that. I, I was reading, I've been reading this book and the, they're doing it in the men's group that meets, the life group, called The Presence. 
And there was a story in there that there was a, I believe it was Boeing or one of the large uh, airplane manufacturers, they were having a hard time engineering uh, a piece of this new plane. And they had all these engineers in the room, they're working on this over and over and over and over again, and they were unable to come up with a solution. So what did they do? Well, there happened to be a few Christian individuals that were in this group of engineers, and one of them finally just, he had given up. So that weekend, he went home, and he had committed to himself and to the Lord that he was going to fast, and he was just going to pray about it all weekend long. So Friday came and went, Saturday came and went, Sunday came and almost went in the middle of the night. He was awoken. And he jumped out of bed and he goes in the other room and he starts solving the problem and sketching out exactly what the solution is. And then he goes to bed. The next morning he goes to work and he walks into the engineers and explains to them, here's, here's the design. Here's the fix to our engineering problem for these planes. And he was able to witness to them. And they said, well, how did you come up with that? We've been working for days and hours and hours and hours trying to come up with this. He says, but I didn't. I just fasted and prayed and God did it. Maybe you're in a place in your life that, that you have something going on. You don't have the answer. I'm an answer man. I like to know the answer to things. That's why I love to math. Because you could always get the answer. English for me was difficult because I could write a paper and this. And the te- See, I took English 1A like four times. And I dropped it four times. But I would write a paper and take it to the professor and they would score it. And I didn't necessarily understand what they said was wrong with it, but the next teacher would score it differently. There was no absolutes. For me, I need absolutes in life. That's why I liked math. I'm an answer guy. I like answers. When I don't have answers, I struggle. But that's where God wants us. He wants to provide the answers to our problems. He has the solution. What's he really want from us? He just wants us to encounter his presence. He just wants us to be in his presence. That's why he sent us, didn't leave us alone, but he sent to us the Holy Spirit. Now, how do we know? There's there's all throughout Scripture, when we talk about the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, there's different verses throughout Scripture that point to that. Here's one, 2 Corinthians 13, 14 says, this is Paul writing at the end of that chapter, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. I love that word, fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. That's important for us. It's very important. And I'll talk about that here as we go through these this morning. So there's the Trinity, but then there's you. The Spirit knows the mind of God, and God knows all things, including solutions to all your problems and mine. We don't know what he is doing or where he's taking us all the time, but as Jesus tells his disciples in John 14, verse 17 says this, He is the Holy Spirit. Who is? He is the Holy Spirit, who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. 
You know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. You know him because he's in you. The world won't know him because they don't know Jesus. We could paraphrase that verse by saying this. You experience God's presence for the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. You cannot experience God's presence without the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you. Think about that. That's an amazing truth. If I felt distant from God, as I mentioned earlier over the last few weeks, it's because I wasn't recognizing the fact that the Holy Spirit is in me. The same God who created the universe within me. The same God who took on human form and walked this earth for 33 years before dying on a cross for the sins of all humanity lives within me. This is the same God that lives in you. The same God who communes with you. The same God who leads and guides you. The God, this God embraced by faith can be known experientially by you. I used to have this discussion a lot over the last year or so with a gentleman, and we would talk about him trying to understand what Jesus or what the Holy Spirit was doing in his life. And I'd have to remind him over and over again, it's not this understanding, it's this understanding that you need to, it's experiential. It's experiential. 1 Corinthians 2.10 through 12. But it was to us that God revealed these things by His Spirit. For His Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. I talked about this verse earlier. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. Paul underscores the reality of this truth for us. He says, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. Here's a partial list of the Holy Spirit's activities in our life. The Spirit gives life. The Spirit is our counselor and helper. He comforts, counsels, and defends. The Spirit teaches all things and brings truth to our remembrance. The Spirit guides us into all truth. The Spirit convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. The Spirit tells us what is yet to come. The Spirit provides spiritual power for ministry. The Spirit commissions us and gives us a job to do. Our relationship with the Holy Spirit now is a foretaste of things to come, of the type of direct and intimate communion that He wants that that will be experienced with God throughout eternity. The Spirit intercedes in prayer. Did you know that when you're struggling, the Spirit is interceding for you? The Spirit provides us with a new nature. The Spirit seals our salvation. He makes it secure. 
He is the guarantee our salvation is accomplished. The fruit of the Spirit is evidence of the Spirit's presence and activity in our lives. The Spirit provides joy. These all describe how the Spirit operates in us today. The Spirit is at, is at work today for all of us. Here's the aha revelation I just really want you to capture today. As I, as I could show you scripture after scripture after scripture of what the Spirit is doing today for us, for all of us, I want you to capture this piece And that is God desires to have relationship with you so much that he is every step of the way made a way. When when relationship in the Old Testament was difficult because it could only happen through sacrifice after sacrifice and through the priests, he made a way. The old way went away and there became a new way, a new testament, a new promise through his son Jesus. He was constantly making a way to have relationship and be close with each of us. And even after Jesus ascended, he made another way. And that is the Holy Spirit is with us right now in this room. In fact, whatever you're struggling with right now, he's interceding for you right now in this place. You're not alone. Can life be difficult? Can life be hard? Yes. But you're not alone in the midst of the difficult. You're not alone in the midst of the pain or in the shame or in the hurt. Because the Holy Spirit is with us. The Holy Spirit is with you now. What is troubling you today? I sense that, I just sense a spirit of either we're troubled or we're distracted. Let me, uh, the Holy Spirit is the one sent by the Father and the Son, without whom we cannot live a Christian life without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, we need you. We need you. There's the Holy Spirit, part of the Trinity. There's you and the Holy Spirit. And then there's the church. Let me read you a story. It's, again, in this book. Let me read it to you. An anthropologist studying The habits and customs of an African tribe devised a game for the children of the village to play. He put a basket of candy at the base of a nearby tree with a solitary ribbon attached, drew a line in the dust some distance from the tree, and called the children to join him behind the line. When I say go, he announced, the, the first one to the basket wins all the candy. The children nodded excitedly in agreement as they swarmed around the starting line. Then the anthropologist shouted, Go! Much to his surprise, the children all joined hands and raced toward the tree together, where they happily shared the candy with one another. Stunned, the anthropologist asked them why they had all run together, especially since the first one to arrive at the tree could have won all the candy in the basket. 
one young girl replied, how can one of us be happy if all the others are sad? What the anthropologists witnessed that day was a worldview that is foreign to the, the me-first culture of, of North America. The Africans call their worldview their world Ubuntu, which means I am because we are. It's a worldview that has powerful spiritual implications for us today. Enter in the church. Back to the previous text that I started with today, it says in John 17, I am praying, Jesus is saying this, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. So not just the disciples, but all who would believe through the message. Do you believe? Do you believe in the gospel? Do you believe he died for you? The message that the disciples were preaching, do you believe? Because if you believe, he's praying for you. I pray that they will all be one. Ubuntu. Just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. That's why the Spirit needs to reside in you, in us, so that we can be one in Him. That we could be so connected with Jesus and His Father and the Holy Spirit that one plus one is one. But then not just one plus one is one, but one plus one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twenty, eighty, whatever is one. That's the type of unity that we can encounter with the Holy Spirit in us and in us. I pray, he says, that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them, and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. This kind of togetherness or unity found in God, the Son, and the Spirit, and you should also be found in the church. Romans 12, 4 to 5 says this, Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body. We all belong to each other. But think about this. This is um, a difficult one in a me-first society. If my body all of a sudden decides that it's going to divert all resources to my right hand, guess what happens to the rest of my body? It dies and so does my hand. This is kind of like church teaching 101, very basic. But I want to remind us, and before we move into a new series, which will start next week, that to encounter his presence 
also means that we have to have unity in order to be in his presence. In his presence brings unity. Unity brings presence. It's, are there struggles between you and someone else? Then pray that the spirit within you directs you to that person. Because wouldn't it be a shame if one day we encounter his presence at such a level that the world would come to know of it, but yet some were left behind because unity didn't exist. For Jesus to pray this, do you think it was important for him to see unity? We find our identity in relationship with God. We ought to. And in relationship with one another. I don't know if you realize this or not, but my brother and I look a lot alike. Now, he doesn't like that, and neither do I. I don't know, maybe he thinks it's great. But sometimes we don't like to be identified by those that are closest to us. You look like your dad, or you look like your mother, or you act like your dad, or you act like your mother, or you act like your brother, or like your sister. Sometimes we don't like that, but guess what? Your identity is also found in your family. We are a family, and we should identify ourselves as such. I am because we are Ubuntu. God is with us and in us by his Holy Spirit. By his grace, we are formed together with other believers through meaningful relationships in the local church to be the people of God in this city. Hebrews 10.25 reminds us, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Let us not neglect coming together. We come together on Sunday mornings. We come together during life groups. Let us not neglect the coming together. This week was a long, eventful week, especially for our neighbors to the north in Sutter County and up around Lake Oroville. I don't know about you, but at times I can become a news junkie and really like to watch the news and what's going on with those type of things. But I started to think about why did the failure of that dam nearly happen? And I don't know, and I don't know what you know about the issues up in Oroville, but they evacuated the whole city and much of the county, and, the, and there was a, nearly 200,000 people uh, on Sunday or Monday that had to evacuate and go to neighboring uh, communities. Because there was a thought that this emergency spillway, they called it, was going to break. But what was the issue with the emergency spillway? The foundation wasn't deep enough. So when an abundance of pressure came upon it, guess what happened? The foundation was shallow to the point that 
that the issues it was dealing with were starting to undermine it to the point where it was going to collapse. And stick with me as I try to walk this out for you. But what was so amazing about this, there was this other spillway that was damaged. But still, even in its damaged state, was able to operate. And then there's the thing that we don't talk much about, and there's the dam. I mean, the dam's been doing a lot of work for a long time, holding back a whole lake. And it stayed strong during the whole time. But as the emergency spillway with its shallow foundation began to crumble and potentially fail, the other two stepped up and saved the day. Because they had experience. They were tried. They were tested. And for the dam, its foundation was deep. To me, that was an interesting example of church. Because the emergency spillway needed the other things in order to survive. There's things in your life that will take you out if you're not in church. And community is important. Community is communion, is unity, it's coming together, it's getting to know each other. Why do we have these tables and coffee and, and, and breakfast type items in the morning? To feed you? No. So that you'll commune with one another and have fellowship with one, one another and get to know each other. It's so important that you know one another. Because when you really truly get to know one another, you can help strengthen them and support them in their weaknesses. That's why we're doing that. Who in here is one that is private, though, and doesn't want people to know their issues? That was like that emergency spillway that just quietly existed for 40, 50 years, however long. Untried, untested. And, and, and some would say we didn't know what the issues were with it until it was too late. Don't be private. Be open. This year has been an awesome start to the new year. As a church, I've been encouraged every Sunday that we come together and we worship him. We can truly encounter his presence and sense his presence in this place. The thing that I want to encourage you in is this. Cultivate his presence. Don't stop. Don't get to the place where you expect it every week, but you didn't do any work to sense it. Cultivate his presence. Work it out. You know, in Scripture it says to work out our salvation, but then it says, but he also gives us the desire and the power to do so. That's my paraphrase. Church, don't grow weary in well-doing. Press in. Press on. And know that you have the helper to do so, and that's the Holy Spirit. Is it time to stir that up again in our lives? I was 12 years old when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And during those 30 some odd years, there's been times that I've felt very distant from God and there's times that I felt very, very close to God. 
And it's because of the Holy Spirit in my life that I was able to encounter him. If you've not encountered the Holy Spirit or been baptized in the Holy Spirit, whether it's in your life group or here at church on Sunday, seek somebody out. Somebody that is like the dam, has been there for a long time and is strong in their faith. Have them teach you and show you what it means to be filled in the Spirit. Because if you're not, you're going to miss out on some awesome opportunities to encounter His presence. Amen. I'm going to ask Jeremy and Dan if you'd come. I want to close with a song today, but I just, there's, I don't know what it is. Can you feel it? There's, I have a sense that there is something amiss. Maybe it's me, Doug. There's something in the spirit. I think it has a lot to do with context. Where does, how are you living your life right this moment, right this time? What's the thoughts on your mind? What is the next thing you're going to do? I'm sure I'm guilty of this a lot where my wife will be talking to me, but I'm not there. Yeah, I've done that once or twice. I think the Spirit is speaking to you, but are you there? And for some of you, you're probably very present. But there's some of you that might be very, very distant. And what is it that's creating this distance? Is it, maybe it's sin, maybe it's just apathy. Maybe it's, I just, you know, I've done, been there, done it, I've seen it, it was awesome, and... I think it was again in this book, they were talking about the Welsh revival and that I think the guy's last name was Roberts. And in this time that there's this huge revival going on in 19, early 1900s, 1906, let's say. He was a, uh, I, I checked my facts, but I believe he was a coal miner. And he, he encountered God at such a level, it just changed his life. He started going to school, but he couldn't work and do school at a seminary at the same time. But then revival started to break out as he would preach and lead people into, the, into God's presence because of the Holy Spirit. But then there became a time in his life, and they say, well, why did the Welsh revival end up stalling out? He had gotten to a point in his life that he started seeking out signs and wonders and the, and the glitz and the glamour of the Holy Spirit. And if he wasn't getting stirred up emotionally, then, then he would lose his way. And the reason it was in this book that I was reading is it was talking about uh, encountering his presence and the weirdness of it. Now, I grew up in this church, and there was days that people would be prayed for, and they would just pass out and fall out under the presence of the Lord. 
And as a, as a child, that was weird to me. It was odd. It was different. Didn't mean it wasn't genuine. It was very, very, very real. So this is what I'm sensing today. So I'm trying to gather my thoughts, but here's where we're at. We've had some awesome services this year where we've truly felt his presence in our worship, in the messages. And then there's a day like today comes. And what happens is it wasn't as glitzy or glamorous, and maybe it was. This is just me talking, and, and so if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But this is what the Spirit's telling me right now is quit waiting for there to be tingling spine or goosebumps on your arms to think that you've entered into His presence. That's part of it, but that's not all of it. And no, it will not sustain you. Don't be like the emergency spillway that has no foundation, that cannot go deep. So what's the challenge? The challenge is this. Yes, I want to encounter his presence. I want to see people healed. And Jesus does too. I know he does. And that will happen. But he wants relationship with you beyond the date night. It's not just about the fun and games. It's about relationship. It's about an everyday thing. He wants to know you tomorrow morning and the morning after that and the morning after that and the morning after that. My wife and I have been uh, dating for 30 plus years. We've been married for going on 26 years. We are now to a place where we can start finishing each other's sentences. Why? Because we've been in each other's presence daily. That's, that's knowing her spirit and knowing her thoughts. We can know his spirit and know his thoughts, but it means daily being with him, daily getting to know him, not just knowing him and getting excited about him on date night, which would be Sunday morning for us. So the challenge is this. If you truly want to see a community and a city wrecked for the Lord, then you have to be so in him that they can't see the difference between you and him. That, again, as I mentioned last week, that his love for you resonates within you so much that you can't help but to allow that same love to spill out into a community. But it's not always going to be glitz and glamour. Sometimes it's going to be quiet and listening. Sometimes it's going to be opening up his word and taking time out to just read his story. Last night I was here late getting some things together and as I was walking through the church I found myself kind of in a busy state just doing stuff I was somewhere here in the sanctuary it was dark and I just remember thinking wait a minute I'm in his house and I'm not focused on him I'm focused on the task at hand I want my thoughts to constantly be on him and that's what he wants from us So I want to encourage you in this. Let's roll up our sleeves and let's work out this salvation thing. He'll give you the desire and the power to do so, but let's do it. You guys know what dopamine is? It's a chemical in the brain. 
They say social media, and I think I saw this on a Facebook post, so it's internet, it must be right. But that when you post something on social media and someone likes it, you get a shot of dopamine. And so, and you get excited about it. Sometimes coming to church on Sunday mornings and having an awesome worship service is like a shot of dopamine. We, we like it. We want more of it. But God wants you, more of, wants you to have more of Him. We are always looking for the next high. He doesn't want you just looking for the next high. He wants you looking for Him. You can't get any higher than Him. He's the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Stop seeking the high. Start seeking Him. That's what Third Tuesday Prayer is about. We're going to come and we're going to seek Him. And He always wants to be found. So it's a fun game. Would you stand with me this morning? Even in this time of worship, just close out everything around you. I would just encourage you, close your eyes and Try to ignore the distractions around you. Just focus your thoughts on a loving father. I I picture, Pastor Scott, actually, could you come here? And maybe Bill Manson. Um, Just, if you guys could, we're going to pretend for a minute. Bear with me. It's me. Pretend this is God. He's not. Tindy is. This is Jesus. So you guys are one. So you have to get like really close together. Okay. Now, Don, will you work with me here? All right. Don will do anything. He's an awesome man. Would you stand right here in front of them? Turn around. Yeah. You guys would all just put your arms around each other. This to me is a picture of the Trinity. But then... But then this is us. Now you have to put your arms around me. And and now I'm in them. And they are in me. And what's awesome is that we are all one too. So guess what? You're all in this with me. This is the closeness he wants to have with you tomorrow. And the next day. And the next day. And the next day. And the next day. And I can go through all my life not alone. Embraced and loved And know that I got the power to do all that he wants me to do in this life. That's how much he loves us. 